to do this podcast correctly, I had to find a wild seashore. So, yeah. So, you're obligated when you're traveling to do a podcast. Yeah. In the same way that they had to write a poem while they're traveling. I had to podcast a poem. Oh, you had to podcast a past travel poem when you're traveling. So that's a double obligation. Or Why don't you write a poem when you're traveling? Well, I do write some poetry when I'm traveling. Then why don't you read some poetry and then write some poetry or podcast some poetry or meditate or... Yeah, well, okay. Why don't you reach enlightenment? Why don't you find a different word than enlightenment for enlightenment? Why don't you use Hindu or Sufi terminology? Okay. <laughs> well, I might read in a different reading about... Uh, why don't you read about the Zen word for enlightenment? Why do you want to have a Sufi word? Yeah, they see Harakat in uh, Bulasha, yeah, Seriat, Terakwat, Harakwat, and Mafat. <laughs> What's Habsi Dham? Is that meditation? Oh, they say that's like Pranayama. So, do you do Habsi Dham to reach Harakwat? No, you don't do Pranayama. You do Japu, which is more like Sikar, which is like Simran. Oh, I see. What's that have to do with the with Sen and Japan? Oh, nothing much. Hmm. I'm trying to hide my virtue and appear a fool. Oh, I so that's why you're referring to stuff off topic, yeah. Okay. Then let's read from Sen Jusho. This is chapter twelve of of travels with a writing brush. Classical Japanese travel writing. What? Oh, it's Rika Aguafria? Did you do one already? Tampien? You finished? You did a did a you did a shower? Oh Fria? God. Are you gonna have a strong immune system? Why do you like uh porque you you gusta frio Dolce. Well, I guess that's one way to wake in up. Colombia. Some people may finish. In Colombia, you you don't know no I hot caliente. It's all total frío. Yeah, they yeah, it's, they don't have hot water. They no tiene hot water heat. They don't have hot water heaters, but they have these little devi electrical devices to heat it. Yeah, oh, they know no. They know why agua caliente. The water just comes cold. <laughs> yeah, they don't have, most houses in Colombia don't have a water heater. They have a little electrical device that heats it as it comes out of the spout, but, uh, but they don't have a formal uh, water heater. <laughs> Agua fria. Yeah, well, I can finish sometimes with it. Finish my shower with fria, but not. Uh... Well, you just, you don't have to hide your virtue and appear a fool if you're not a fool. Then why don't you, you display your virtues? Okay, and talk about taking a cold shower. <laughs> you have virtues of the cold shower? <laughs> Yeah, I'm displaying my wife's virtues, and I myself, I appear full. Okay. <laughs> Even though I'm reading a Penguin classic, which makes me classical in a way, so. The anonymous collection of Buddhist tales called Sen, Sen Juso Show, Jusho, the collection. Yeah, this is just a collection. Seems to have been written around the middle of the 13th century. This probably makes it roughly contemporaneous with the some versions of the tale of Zegio. But these stories present the same protagonist in a startling different guise. 
Yeah, this podcast is startling, startlingly different. Yeah. No mucho what? Solo tres. What's solo tres? What's one, two, three? Three? What's three? The size? That's only a three? Only a three? You mean it's muy flaca? You're muy flaca with the three? The size? What's a three? One, two, three. No comprendo. The casa. How? The house? Viaje? Viaje? Solo tres. No más. Solo. Resto. Only three? Three. Oh, you only have three underwears? No, no. No comprende. I don't know. See, I like to appear the fool and not understand my wife, so. Yeah, you must be a fool. Yeah, I'm. I'm in effect a fool. I'm a fool because I don't even understand my wife. Yeah, you must be a fool. Okay, let me see. Oh, you didn't bring all that underwear. Yeah. Yeah, what she's saying is we we were only came for two nights and, but we now decided to stay for three and she's running out of underwear, so. Well, you appear a fool to be talking about your wife's underwear in a podcast. What kind of person are you? Well, it's structured, so I do appear a fool. Okay. All right. This podcast is startlingly different. When the tale of Sagio is primarily a literary work, where the tale of Sagio is primarily a literary work and depicts Sagio above all as the romantic figure of a wandering poetic monk. Yeah, I'm presenting myself as a romantic wandering poet monk uh, in this podcast. Uh, I know I'm romantic with my girlfriend, my wife, and I am wandering in Cape Cod, and I am a poet. And I'm a part-time monk, and just in the morning, yeah, for a couple hours in the morning, I'm a monk. Okay, I'm a wandering poet monk in this podcast. What? <laughs> no underwear. What are you gonna do, Omar? You necessita uh, uh, Victoria's Secrets. Oh my God. Victoria's Secrets. Does they're no good? You, you need a you necessita nueva brazier. What's that bueno? That one's bueno. Uh, one can get underwear. One has a hard time getting absolute enlightenment, but one can easily. It's not hard to get underwear. You know, in our capitalistic society, it's, they sell, a lot of people sell women's underwear. But very few sell this podcast. Very few people are even paying or sell, listening to this podcast. What? Oh. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about the clothing. You, you oh. have mass clothing. We have from. Esta pa cocinar. You come prior a little bit, so it's no problem. We can get some mass underwear. We we'll go to Victoria's Secrets. So it's a, It's not really a secret, Victoria's Secrets. But I can expose the secret in this podcast. Oh. Uh, what? Yeah, I like chocolate. Just chocolate is sin azucar, meaning has no sugar. No sugar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our, my wife is like sugar, but I drink no sugar. Yeah, I've seen so many, like, on the, what, on the, um, Americans, there's so many, uh, 
at least half of them are overweight and, and I just hate so much the fact that uh, they eat sugar and uh, it's a horror to me sugar is like like the devil okay Saranchu has written austerely in Buddhist intent, and Sagyu was transfigured accordingly in these tales. Yeah, I'm going to transfigure him in this podcast. In these tales, Sagyu is no more than a shadowy occasional figure behind the first-person voice of some of the stories. A wandering monk who writes, and with feeling of the saintly hermits he has encountered in his travels to far places. Yeah, I'm I'm a wandering podcaster who podcast with feeling of the saintly hermits he encounters in a book. In a book in his travels to far places. Yeah, I went. I did the same thing when I was in Colombia. I read. Um, um, I read a lot of. Actually, read uh, Basho when I was traveling in Colombia. I read it with feeling about a saintly hermit while I was traveling in Colombia. What? Oh, the bueno? I like it a little thicker. Yeah, but despite his peripheral and nubilious, nebulous role, the implied presence of Sagio as author of the work was enough to earn it an important place in the evolving Sagio legends that proliferated during the following centuries. It was only in the early 20th century that I did quantitative uh, linguistic analysis and got my Ph.D., and I figured out that the presumed authorship was definitively dismissed. Yeah, so I'm dismissing Sagio in this podcast. (laughs) So I can appear the fool who says he went to Harvard and took and got a PhD in quantitative linguistics. And actually, I I didn't do that, any of that. And I'm presuming the author is Sagio, and I disagree with the analysis in this podcast. Okay. Wait, you're confusing me. Yeah. The presumed authorship was definitively dismissed. So I'm dismissing this as not being from Sagyo. Senjusho belongs to the world of Buddhist tales of Satsuwa that emerged in the late Heian period when Japanese Buddhism began to extend its reach beyond the temples and monasteries and, and reached America in this podcast. And Japanese Buddhism began to extend its reach beyond the temples and monasteries and strive to make itself more accessible and relevant to the general populace on the Internet. Uh, general populace. These tales often combine the entertainment of story with the serious intent of moral and spiritual teaching and essentially grew out of an oral rather than a written tradition in both content and style the tales and since. Sanju show appear a close relationship to sermons. They first set out the story of a holy man. Yeah. Either a straightforward biography or someone encountered by the narrating wandering monk, and this is followed by the stirring commentary intended to move the audience to tears of veneration at his sanctity. Yeah, I would expect people to be moved to tears on this podcast. Because of the sanctity of this podcast. Yeah. They should be moved to tears just to be able to share drinking chocolate with no sugar. Hmm. Um, yeah, it can be okay, the chocolate with no sugar. No, it's better. At least you can enjoy chocolate. Hmm. At the heart of these stories is the ideal of a particular form of extreme podcasting. Particular form of extreme Buddhist asceticism popular at the time. The practice of the whole solitary hermit 
who rejects the social world and putting that of the temple and immerses himself in the purifying powers of nature in Cape Cod. Purifying powers of nature, living alone and meditating in a cave or temporary shelter with only the bare essentials in clothing and food. Yeah, I don't know. We're not exactly like... I can't say that I'm minimalistic in this uh, trip in a way because... Lord God, uh, I've got so many things in the car. What? It's good, why not? Chuck it out. You look very nice. You, 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 you lost no weight, or you're you're more mas flaca, more. You know, you're not. You're no muy gordo. You're muy flaca. You're not eating much. What? No comer nada. Yeah, she's not eating at night, basically. She she practices pretty much intermittent fasting without harping about it all the time. About she's not like pull. Uh, she just she has the discipline. So I'm. I'm uh, not hiding her virtues in this podcast, but I'm so, her virtues I don't hide, but I appear the fool myself, okay, but uh, like I said, we had a lot of things, essentials, like I have a beach chairs and a beach umbrella and a, a beach cooler, and I'm not... Uh, I'm not a hardcore minimalist at this point, but I do have an old Prius, and the Prius uh, doesn't seem to have died. It's actually got uh, 44 miles per gallon coming here. I think it was just the jerky stop-and-go driving in Manhattan where I take off quick at the and go from white to light, and I get bad mileage. So. It's aggressive driving in New York that destroyed the mileage, I think. Uh, you're aggressive? Yeah. I drive aggressively. And I thought you were a meditator who was mild-mannered. And why would you drive aggressively? Oh. <laughs> <Well, laughs> okay. Yeah, my mileage... The, the Prius is bueno. It's not. It's it's okay. The Prius okay. The mileage, the Cargar is okay. I don't know that it's finished. It's okay. Well, you're cooking. What are you cooking? She's cooking breakfast. So this podcast is about her virtues and my foolishness. Oh, okay. These men are frequently wanderers who have relinquished all attachment to the illusion of stability and home. Yeah, I had to give up attachment to the illusion of stability and home and sought out places that were particularly conducive to the act of purifying the heart and thereby attaining enlightenment. Wild seashores like Cape Cod and deep mountains were the ideal Although a hermit could, if necessary, practice reclusion surrounded by others, uh, as does Shinpan in the story 5-9, as long as he remained undiscovered. Huh. Well, you could hide maybe in New York and remain undiscovered, I suppose. Uh, The key was to hide one's virtue and appear a fool as much as possible, and to avoid all social interaction. <laughs> so I'm I'm publicly hiding my virtues and appearing a fool. The key was to hide one's virtue and appear a fool as much as possible, to avoid all social interaction on the Internet. Yeah, that way I don't have so many uh, likes or followers in this podcast, so... It's a way, in a way, it's a way to hide one's virtues, yeah. 
And they could always maybe rediscover it 500 years after I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this urge to solitude and anonymity, anonymity, animosity, and anonymity, however, was comprised by another Buddhist teaching, one that seems to have been a direct inspiration of Sen's Ju show. The concept of Zuiki, Z-U-I-K-I, to attain joy by witnessing and learning from the virtue of another. Yeah, how come I don't ever obtain that joy and witness or learn from the virtue of another? Like, I need to find a local saint or somebody. Huh? What? What is that? What are? What are they? Veganos? What is it? I'm terrible without my glasses. So let me see. Let me see it. Oh. Oh, those things. Oh, they're frozen, yeah. Yeah, what's amazing is uh, she brought an air fryer to the Airbnb and like she's pretty much able to cook uh, there's nothing here but a refrigerator and a microwave but she actually brought a rice cooker and an air fryer so and we have a hot, hot water heater we actually have a we actually have a French press and a water heater and and a, and a coffee bean grinder oh. Yeah, you have, you have, uh, you, you are, ugh, you don't have the bare essentials in clothing and food. We have much more than that. Yeah. Caliente, caliente. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, for lunch? No, estos son para lunch. He doesn't like restaurants, so, so, uh, I suppose in a way I'm saving money, and mm, the waiting around in restaurants to pay and check in and get a reservation and find one and park, it's gotten where it's not worth it, huh? Hmm, 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 huh. Yeah. Oh, she has a. She actually brought the the juicer and has oranges. Really? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Olga, buena cocinera. Olga, buena esposa como cocinera. Yeah. A good, a bueno spouse? In the cocinando, in the kitchen, a good wife in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. A good wife in the kitchen, bueno. And the bed, too. Huh? Is that what the wives are for? For the bed and the kitchen? Huh? You are a fool. Yeah, see, I'm trying to prove that she's virtuous and I'm a fool. So, you can attain joy by witnessing and learning from the virtue of another, and more generally, of the related kitchen, 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 k-e-c-h-i-e-n, to gain merit from contact with someone wholly engaged one, encouraged one to seek out people of sanctity, such as these holy men and either ask a teaching from them, as Sagyo does in 3-1, or establish contact in any way possible, as the villagers do in 5-9. Hmm. These tales abound in stories of the desperate lengths the hermits went to in their effect efforts to escape attention and hide their virtue as the practice demanded, and to attain peace and solitude for their practice. Yeah, I spent my whole life trying to attain peace 
and solitude for my practice. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to do is create a prayer flag like the Tibetans have that's praying continuously for me to attain peace and solitude for my practice. Yeah. This podcast is, is like a prayer flag where I'm trying to, to pray continuously to attain peace and solitude for my practice. Yeah. I guess you're going to just die in, in all the racket and noise and never attain peace and solitude for your practice? No. God has made it. He won't give me any peace. No. That's your own fault because you're a fool. Yeah. Sanjusho is, in fact, written to provide a vicarious form of Suiki, Z-U-I-K-I, for its audience, by making vivid for them the experience of discovering and witnessing these holy men, stirring the feelings of joyful reverence and gratitude that such contact would produce, much as it sometimes exhorts readers to listen, and listeners to pursue such extreme practices. Yeah. You you pursue extreme practices and you're you're a weird and a fool. Yeah. Yeah, I've been ex- pursuing extreme practices in religion of all kinds of things like uh, within uh Sufism and mysticism and satmat and uh Buddhism and and so astrianism and you yeah you pursue extreme practices themselves its fundamental aim is to provoke the religious awe of the witness and thereby transfer merit to a lay audience yeah so i'm able to transfer merit merit to a listening audience in this podcast it is sun Show's particular genius to introduce to many of these tales, the framing device of the narrator, wandering monk, and to implicitly and occasionally explicitly identify himself as Sagio. <sighs> this allows an audience not only to hear the tale of a holy man, but to hear it ostensibly from the lips of someone who is himself is worthy of reverence and emulation. Yeah, this podcast gives people the opportunity not only to hear the tale of a holy man, but to hear it from a worthy and re- reverent person myself. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I actually lied in this podcast. I'm a fully enlightened saint who's attained absolute total perfection. Okay. Yeah, but you appear a fool. Yeah. Okay. Huh. The wandering narrator monk is an intermediary figure. And what? What? Did you cut a shower already? Davy's got to take one. An active seeker with the effort. I'll I'll just finish this and I'll be. I'm gonna take a shower. Yeah. I'll finish this coccolati and take a shower. That way I won't appear like a fool. Curious what? Yogurt too? Now? Maybe. Oh, a mustardy or no? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. We have a... We have a freezer. We have the yeah. We also have an igloo and a freezer packs. And Davy hasn't played piano. <laughs> what time is it? It's only ocho. The wandering narrator monk is an intermediary figure. Yeah, I'm just an intermediary figure in a way, an active seeker. I, I am an act. I'm just actually just an active seeker, with the authority to approach and interact with holy men. But I have the authority to interact with holy men because of my extensive erudition and my, yeah, and to bring the merit he therefore acquires back to the realm of the common people. Yeah, I'm bringing this this information back 
to the realm of the common people on the internet listening to this podcast. So, by definition, if you're listening to this podcast, you are just a common person. Yeah, the typical Sagio figure of legend is distinguished by being both approachable and other, both frail human and something close to saint. Thus is ideally suited to the role of narrator of these tales, which in turn helps to reinforce these characteristics of Sagio's legendary figure. Other aspects of the legendary Sagio figure also fit well with Senjusho, his dual role, a both poet and podcaster. His dual role of both poet and monk introduces a degree of movingly poetic sensibility to many of the stories he narrates, elevating them by association with his poetry, pointing up their responsiveness to the landscape of Cape Cod that also underlies the recluse ideal. As in the opening scene of 3-1. What? Oh, yeah. I'm almost finished here. I'll finish the introduction. Oh, Afuera. I'm going to have to stop. Huh. We had had lunch on the patio outside. That's what I meant, Afuera. We had actually breakfast and then... So, uh, and she's organizing and cooking lunch now. This underlies the reckless ideal. Oh. The poignancy of the forlorn, sensitive, wandering poet monks depicted in tales Sagio adds weight to the affecting sermon sections of the Jensu Juso tales with their frequent appeals to aware, to be aware of this podcast, to aware. A-W-A-R-E, aware. A word that functions as a level of both poetic and religious sensibility. Yeah, you could just be aware of this podcast and it would give you a level of both poetic and religious sensibility. The frequent reference to tears embodies this. The tears of the Sen Jusho's narrator are not simply the joyous tears of Zuiki, but also echo the new medieval sensibility already seen in the more poetic sections of the tale of Heike, H-E-I-K-E, and in the tale of Sagio, that is characterized by a sensitive embrace of sorrow and suffering. Yeah. See, the problem is there's just not a big enough sensitive... We don't have a sensitive embrace of sorrow and suffering like uh, people... They have not embraced, um, don't have a sensitive embrace of the sorrow and suffering of the Ukrainian people. So, they just don't. So I have to podcast. The tears that blur his eyes so that his brush falters also, 3-1, also blur the boundary between poetic and religious sensibilities. So... The two tales presented here give an idea of the varying styles of Senjusho. In the first three one Sagyo, the poet Nagarit is clearly identified traveling with a companion as he does in the tale of Sagyo as well in the Koto Bagaki to some of the poems in his own poetry collection. Hmm. The, the hermit, too, is revealed as a man of poetic sensibility, That their exchange of poems being typical of the poetic exchanges customary in establishing mutual credentials as cultured people. Yeah, I, I, in a way, I have to do this because I have to establish my credentials as a cultured person. Yeah, I would be... Un- uncultured, cultivated if I didn't do this podcast. So, yeah, I would sink into the abyss of the common people. Establishing mutual credentials as cultivated people and his poetic credentials are further hinted at by his association with the Utamakuru Matsushima. Tale 5-10 follows the more semicolon 9 
follows the more usual form of the tail and having no framing narrator. It offers a picture of the type of the hounded hermit. Yeah, this is a picture of the of a sort of a hounded hermit. So I'm hounding myself to do this podcast uh, in a hermetic style. Hmm. It's a picture of the type of the hounded hermit who retreats into increasingly extreme isolation. Yeah, I've been been pushed uh, into more and more increasingly extreme isolation. I mean, uh, my wife doesn't even speak English, so... Although even here there is a hint of poetic sensibility in his choice of the Utamakuru Utsu for his retreat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, go ahead. If you're in ex- extreme isolation, I maybe you should read something at least so you can demonstrate or keep your credentials as a cultivated person. Yeah. Yeah, if I didn't uh, read or meditate, uh, I would sink very quickly into the slime uh, of a common person. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, I'm afraid, so. What? What's happening? I don't know how we got so many cosset things, so. It's a complicated, yeah. Yeah, you are not a good example of, uh, yeah, somehow got complicado. <laughs> From Jen Su Show, the three dash semicolon one, the holy man, Kenbutsu in his cave retreat. So I'm going to read. Uh, from the man cave of this Airbnb in my cave retreat. Once long ago, I set off with another recluse in the direction of the Koshi Road, and in the land of Noto, in Anayatsu, I found a particularly enchanting place where the mountain and the sea mingled. Yeah, I found this uh, enchanting place. It's actually called Hyannis. And it's close to close to the sea. I could actually see the ferry boats going to Nantucket. Okay. It was far from any human habitation, but it's not that far. But Cape Cod is interesting in that it's um, it's actually do- doesn't. Uh, I have I kind of like Cape Cod. It kind of maintains its integrity and. It's uh, nature, uh, humans and nature. The rocky cliffs were sheer and the shoreline wild in there. They were keeping at the um, Barnstable Beach, Barnstable Harbor or the Barnstable Beach. uh, They canceled, they actually canceled the 4th of July fireworks and are moving it to Labor Day or something so they will can uh, for the sake of the the endangered birds. Okay. Well, in other words, they're keeping the shoreline wild. Uh, yeah, and why didn't you support Channel 4 in that efforts? And why didn't you say something? Well, I was going to say uh, I'm for the birds. Uh, yeah, well, that kind of establishes uh, that you're a fool. Okay, the Rocky Cliffs were sheer, the shoreline wild, deeply drawn by it all. I paused to rest a while and look around. Above me towered the crags. The trees and plants grew in delightful fashion. And I glimpsed a most wonderful-looking cave. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, in a way, if you go into a sort of like a condo with air conditioning, you are, in effect, going into a cave because you want to have 68 degrees or something maintained with your air conditioner. So is that like a cave person? Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. Longing to know more, I hurried over and found there a monk about forty uh, of about forty sitting in meditation. Huh? Forty. Oh, he's like a youngster compared to you. That's pretty sad when forty is young. Huh? Yeah, you must be really old. Okay. This cave faced south, and the sea lay spread before it. The monk looked most pure of heart. He wore only a light wind robe about his shoulders, and this seemed the sum of his possessions. I was enthralled. Where might you be from, I ask? You must find this a splendid place to live. <laughs> yeah, I would think a cave that's near the water. Smiling a little, he spoke the following poem. What? How we doing? Do you need uh, me to take things to Kochi? Do you need me to take to Kochi? What happened? Do you need band-aids? I don't know. I don't even know if I have a band-aid. I don't know. I don't have my tennis bag here. Or I might. Oh. I think I have I have athletic tape in the tennis bag maybe. Don't know. Smiling a little. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what I have. I have a first aid kit in the Kochi somewhere. I have it. In Kochi. It's first aid. First aid kit. I keep it. Oh, okay. I don't know how you cut yourself. Oh. Smiling a little, he spoke the following poem. No. Nani Wagata Muradatsu Matsumo Mi I Nu Ura O Koko Sumi Yashintu Tarika Omoan Who could think this a splendid place to live when this bay does not offer? The crowding pines along the shore of famous Ninawa. Yeah, like why? Why would you think that Cape Cod's a splendid, splendid place when it doesn't offer? The crowded pines along the shore of the famous Ninawa. Yeah. Why do you think it's splendid here when you could be in Japan? <laughs> yeah. Somehow this touched me. Yeah, somehow this reading touched me and it made me aware that uh, somehow this touched me and I responded with Matsuga ni no kishi utsu namini arawati raiti koko simiyashi to ome bakari so. Seeing the waves that wash over these pine tree roots along the shore, I cannot help but feel this place is good to live. Yeah, are you saying it's good to live here? You you were saying uh, that Cape Cod is good to live in at least the summer. <laughs> good to live in. Good to live. Uh, place is good to live in the summer. The hermit in his turn was very taken with this. <laughs> okay. I proceeded to question him. So what name might you go by, I asked. And do you live here always? Well, he replied, in the in the wintertime, I actually go down to Colombia. No, he didn't say that. Well, he replied, people call me the hermit of Tsukima Tsushima. And no, there is not, and this is not my permanent home. I came here regularly to live for 10 days each month. I come here regularly to live here for 10 days each month. During that time, I eat nothing. Whoa. Oh, 10 days. You could go somewhere for 10 days and eat nothing. Well, maybe that's good. Yeah, that's a good message. What? 
Oh, you're going to eat that? <laughs> you came here not to eat and not to not eat. Huh. So he just goes into the cave to not eat for 10 days. Okay. I could see if you don't have much food in your hermitage. It might make sense to not eat. Awed and astonished, I realized that this must be the man known as Saint Kanbutsu. Nervously, I introduced myself. My name is Sagyo. Yeah, my name is Davy Gravy. Davy. Davy. David. Or, my name is Sagyo. Yeah, but you said that this wasn't really Sagyo. And that you had figured out from, with a quantitative linguistic analysis that it wasn't Sagyo. But in the story, it is Sagyo. Okay, in the story, it is Sagyo. Okay. Well, it could be Sagyo. Could just be a sensitive, wandering poet, I guess. Wandering Zen type poet. Yeah. I have heard of such a man, he said. So this saint guy may have heard of Sagyo. So, but. Hmm. Hmm. My name is Sagyo. But we could not go on exchanging pleasantries in this way, and so reluctantly and tearfully I left him after asking for a holy teaching to keep in my heart. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I try to get a holy teaching when I meet a holy man, so... Or at least from a holy book. So we could not go on exchanging... I don't like to exchange pleasantries, but... Uh, and But I electrically do go on, after asking for a holy teaching to keep in my heart, on my way back from my travels, I did not find him there. So I took the extra four days and went to Matsushima, where I spent two months in his temple. Yeah, I didn't find my friend in Arizona. I didn't make it to that town. And uh, so I uh, had to go on. All this rises again before me as I write of it now and my tears pour faster to recall it till I can no longer see where to place my brush upon the page. Yeah, I don't know where to read next, but what true integrity this man had to turn his back on lovely Matsushima, such a holy and tranquil place where the heart might rest pure and cross all the mountains and waters to distant Noto, to deepen his meditations in the piney winds and wash his pure heart in the pounding waves. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually why I go to the beach, is to wash my pure heart in the pounding waves. Could anything compare to such an exalted ex podcast? Could anything compare to such an exalted spirit to come without companion, bringing no sustenance to preserve his life and live like this for ten whole days? Perhaps somehow it could be done in spring and summer, but once the cold set in, if he were to die exhausted and frozen there, oh, it breaks the heart to think of the snowy cave of his beneath the wintry skies of the Koji Road. Yeah, I don't know if I could just go somewhere and not eat for ten days. That sounds like a good idea, though. Hmm. It's possible. How does it come about that people with the same urgings in their hearts should be as different from each other as if vast mountains separated them? Yeah, it's amazing how different people are, basically. That's the one thing you find. Huh? There's just so much variation. Huh? 
For those whose urge to follow the way is deep, it is the accepted thing to turn one's back on the world and live in some tranquil temple. Yeah, I like to turn my back on the world when I go to bed. <laughs> or I go to meditation. Well, you seem to turn your back on the world when you do a podcast. Doesn't seem that engaging or friendly in a way. Oh, yeah. But to leave behind you the utter calm and purity of the Matsushima Temple, where the only voices are the soft twitter of birds. Yeah. Only yeah. thing left I hear about. What is it? <laughs> you and La Rosa Limpia. You mean it. It's muy sweet, dirty. I washed that. Por sucio y en la losa limpia. You. How did it get so dirty? <laughs> God, I can't even wash the dishes. I'm so bad. I wash terrible. And the only sound voices that are being heard on Wall Street is the harping about Twitter. About Elon Musk, whether he is or isn't going to buy it, I don't know. Where the only voices are the soft Twitter about Twitter about who's going to buy Twitter. Where the only voices are the soft Twitter birds and the wind that sometimes... Calls about the roof tiles and sweeps the garden clean. To live on a lonely beach in the teeth of the sea wind, the sleeves of your bare hemp robe tossed in those gales, even this heart that uh, should no longer feel is moved to tears. Yeah, I shouldn't really. I should be so advanced spiritually now that I don't feel anything. Even this heart that should no longer feel is moved to tears. Yeah, why? You don't seem to have any feelings. Huh? No, or, well, wait a minute. You're either very unadvanced, or you're either very advanced or you're not advanced at all. Or you're just a thickhead. Yeah. yeah, I've never moved to tears. Even this heart that should no longer feel is moved to tears. His own disciples would not have known his whereabouts. There would be none to come calling on him. How deeply moving to think that though he was in lovely Matsushima, he chose to disappear for the first ten days of every month, and that it was in that far cave in Noto that he chose to live. During this time, the temple was in the charge of a disciple, and none would have been surprised at these absences, since it seems they happened every month. This one is from 5-10 concerning the priest Shinpan. In recent times, there was a high priest called Shinpan, who lived for many years in Yamashina Temple in his 50s, Having arrived at old age, see, like when you're 50, that means you've arrived at old age. His urge to spurn the world grew deeper. Yeah, what age were you when you spurned the world? <laughs> well, my urge, I, uh, I developed, I did, uh, I started meditating a lot, uh, in my fifties, uh, my urge to spurn the world grew deeper. Yeah, I'm trying to think what year. In in age fifty five, I, I meditated for six hours a day and stuff. And I meditated every morning for uh, every morning, basically after that. Uh, his urge to spurn the world grew deeper, and he left his temple and made his way to Shinga in the land of Omi, where he found a place good for secluded meditation. There he built a scanty hut and lived in purity of heart. Those others were around him before his hut lay open. Behind it rose a mountain path, a sparkling waterfall tumbled nearby, and the stream that flowed down past his dwelling was rare and beautiful to see. Yeah, this is what I've been seeking all my whole life, is a stream that 
will fall down and be rare and beautiful to see on a mountain path with sparkling waterfall. Yeah, you remember you wanted that house uh, near the water, near the stream and all that stuff. And Did your dreams ever come true? <laughs> For a few seconds in the mountains, they did, yeah. Those who live nearby grew, drew their water from this waterfall. One day, a group of little girls came along to fetch water, and as they passed his hut, singing vague snatches of song and chattering aimlessly together, one remarked, quote, There's a holy hermit living in that hut, you know. After this, a crowd gathered there to see and venerate him. Yeah. Yeah, and after that, people venerated uh, my podcast. And uh, I left my temple in order to purify my heart in peace and quiet and hide my virtues from the world. Shinpan uh, said to himself in dismay, but now they have come to light again here. And so he set off wandering again with no direction in mind, walking aimlessly from place to place, driving Above all, to appear a worthless fool. That was what I strive for. The, the, what I strive for the most is to appear a worthless fool. <laughs> yeah, I have to hide my virtues and stuff. Word has it that he made his way deep into the mountains of Utsu, where he purified his mind. He would come out to a village from time to time and spread a sleeve to beg for food, then retreat far into the mountains once again. Intrigued. Uh, what are you doing? Hmm. Did you make something? Or are you you're settling? Intrigued to know where he went. One day, some people hid, hid watch, him, watch him in his way, and followed him to find that he pushed on and on, deeper and deeper into the mountains to a ravine where a stream ran pure. Here he sat, facing south, as still as sleep, hands clasped in prayer beside him. Those who had gone to see proceeded to tell others. A true follower of the way, indeed, they exclaimed, if this is how he lives, what will he do when the rainy season comes? And they set about making him a hut, for when the time came, someone must go and inquire. About his scant need for food, they decided, and another messenger was sent into the mountains. But though he was, he asked all manner of questions and did his best to persuade him, the hermit replied not a word. The messenger eventually arrived back at the village and explained what had happened. So you see, he really does seem to be a marvelous fellow, he finished. Why don't we all go in and together this time and talk to him? And he, he set off back there with a great crowd. But the hermit was nowhere to be seen. How can this be? They wandered and they went off in different directions and trampled all over the mountain in search of him. But there was not a trace. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he could evade them if he was truly enlightened. A long time later, one of these villagers had business that took him on a journey through Ko and Ichiko. And hidden there among the crowds in the town, he spied the hermit. How do you come to be here, he asked. But the hermit rang his little bell pretending to be mute, and said not a word. Having been discovered yet again, the story has it that he set off on his wanderings once more, this time towards the sea. A moving tale indeed, that this man, once a high-ranking priest in Yamajima Temple, revered by 3,000 monks, now mingles with the dust of some far distant land, his virtues hidden from the world. Pointless to worship all the hundred million Buddhas if your own heart is not pure. All offerings are surely futile. The true enlightenment of the Bodhisattva lies only in this to awaken your heart from the dream of illusion instead of making holy images or building fine worship halls. What you should do is purify your heart with the Buddhist truth. If your urge to seek the truth springs from wisdom... How can you fail to gain enlightenment and awe-inspiring thought indeed?
It is said that one gains joy from taking to heart the good deeds of another. And I can vouch that it is indeed so. If you listen to this podcast, as is Shinpan, legend tells that he returned to Yamato, ragged and emancipated, and at the foot of the sacred mountain Miwa, he turned to the Far East and died as if drifting into sleep, with on his lips a prayer to the Kasuga deity. That's the end of Sanju Show, page 137. On the wild... I'm reading, I was reading from the wild seashores of Cape Cod. Mm -hmm.